The South Congress podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the host and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. Of a million, they die for all lives before we were children. Some of us, we trying to make us a billion on real estate, fancy cars, and them buildings. I'm trying to build foundations like a Seminole and stop the wars where they looking for the mineral. I ain't really heard no truth in a minute, uh, I want to welcome you guys to a live stream of the South Congress podcast. I'm Cameron, uh, host of the South Congress podcast, and I'm here with my man Shahid. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Here with Shahid from uh, from StuntGranny.com, uh, does audio over there. They primarily cover wrestling, but also We Watch Stuff has TV shows, movies. Everything. Everything Anything that's happening in pop culture or regular news we'll talk about. It's basically me and my friend Jeremy Mays just talking about whatever we watch or read. We do a show once a week on the Stunt Granny Network. And like I said, I kind of sub in on Stunt Granny doing a wrestling thing like once a month. I used to be part of the East Coast cast as a fill-in, but I got written out of history. So we won't talk about that. Because you you decided you too good for nicknames. And we had to make an executive decision. Oh, is that what it was? (laughs) I thought y'all treated me like like, um, Dr. Pulaski from The Next Generation. I just filled in because somebody was on maternity leave and as soon as they came back oh we just went back to his home planet that's how it works okay also Gates McFadden is like my favorite name in all of anything but yeah Um, so you guys are seeing the two of us live we also have a couple of our buddies here on stream Uh, everybody say hi to my man Rich Fan Rich Fan from the uh, Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast first and now hosts his own show Every Saturday evening, the deep dive. Are you watching the strip? You wouldn't again, rich fan from the Pro Wrestling Torch, the deep dive. Rich, say hi to everybody, man. Hello, everybody. I am looking forward to doing this. Uh, like Cam said, if you know Cam, you know about the East Coast cast. So I do the side where people got to pay for. So it's me and Travis yelling at each other at 2 a.m. And me trying to wake up tomorrow to do work. Uh, with the deep dive, I overthink things and I talk about topics in wrestling and try to keep it one subject each week. Uh, last week, Shahid was on as a clutch uh, backup co-host, I guess, taking the role he was stolen away from him in uh, like Tasha Yar in the tunnels it's never your fault uh, Tasha same. Yar in the tunnels mm-hmm. it's a great point talk about that except for my man Mike Freeman on Twitter still stuck like in Tasha it. Yar man she went through the life uh-huh. yeah she was alright she had a great name uh, and a cool haircut too she was like I don't know single white female before there was one see more or less there you go she had the hest Hashtag the haircut. So, guys, um, I brought all my buddies together. 
Um, I've been wanting to do something like this for a while, and a lot of it is finding the right time, um, finding the time everybody can get together because we're all old men at this point, um, making sure we have all our ducks in a row. So what this is, it's the uh, best of WWE 2017 show. Um, all of us are avid watchers of WWE TV. Uh, the four of us are actually in a group chat together, so we're always talking about you know what's happening in front of us, whether it be a Raw, a SmackDown, an NXT, or a pay-per-view, or a special. Um, so I thought we should all get together from our respective shows and kind of do one big end-of-the-year thing where we talk about the very best things that happened in the year and probably some of the worst things that happened in the year as well. Um, what I did was kind of twofold. And Steve, whenever you get back, let he us know. Back. Oh, Steve is back? Yes. Okay, so um, our fourth horseman, if you will, my man Steve Williams from uh, PTBN. Steve, I'll let everybody know uh, what it is that you do over there on that side. Uh, I have been recording a show with Will from Texas, who kayfabes his real name to the thousands of internet wrestling nerds out there. Uh, we have been doing a podcast tracking the best WWE wrestler ever project, which wraps up this week over at Place to Be Nation. We have a week, sometimes weekly, sometimes bi-weekly show called For Your Consideration, which has been a lot of fun. And I do look forward to future podcast projects on that network over at placetobenation.com. All right. So, guys, let's just kind of get going. Um, how I set this up. I sent out a Google form to everybody I kind of work with, being me, Rich, and Travis. I sent one out to Shahid's side, it's Stunt Granny, and everybody who it was, it was Shahid, it was our man Chris Calamita, it was Kevin, and it was Jeremy, and they filled it out. Um, Steve got one over at uh, PTBN. My man Ryan from the Gully Blanchard podcast also got one. And so I gave them... 10 different areas as far as the best in WWE for the year, and we filled that out. Um, we also set up a week-long Twitter poll with the exact same questions, and I want to thank everybody who participated in that. In particular, Wade, Wade Keller and Bruce Mitchell from PW Torch, who made sure we had a lot of visibility on these uh, polls. And so, with all that said, because I'm selfish, we're going to take kind of our composite score as podcast hosts, and then we're going to take the Twitter polls, and we're going to decide uh, kind of on a winner, kind of on a general consensus, and you know, if we as the majority who host this show decide one thing, to hell with that Twitter poll. Who, like I said, the winner is whoever <laughs> we decide to pick. Exactly, exactly. So um, let's just start at the top, man. Everybody... You got to forget, or you got to remember, Cam was a journalism major at one point in college, so I make sure I had the paperwork in front of me. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is WWE's surprise act of the year. All right. The, uh, the four people that we put in the poll were Alexa Bliss, uh, the team of Tyler Breeze and Fondango, Breezango, Enzo Amore, and Patrick Clark, the Velveteen Dream. Now, before we get into those specific four... Guys, um, is there anybody you guys feel like we left off that should have been included on this list or almost made the cut? Well, for me, the guy that we kind of argued about that I would have picked if that was one of the four was Aiden English because he looked went from somebody that I thought was going to be fired once his partner was gone to being part of 
the hottest act on SmackDown. And it happened kind of like organically. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that they forced down their throat. It just happened. And even before he got with Rusev, you can tell they kind of got behind him, gave him more time. And now him and Rusev are this gold. So that was my, that would be my pick if he was one of the picks. All right. Uh, Steve, anybody you think should have been included or almost made the cut? Uh, no, the only two that really came to mind for me were the two guys who were on the ballot that get a lot of support, that being Breezango and Velveteen Dream. So, yeah, those are clear, far and away, the two guys for me. How about you, Rich? No, I agree. I'm with everybody else. If anything, uh, Shahid's sell job for uh, uh, the Rusev Day, uh, Jace singer i refuse to give him respect because travis tries to love on him too much because he's married to eddie guerrero's daughter you don't get eddie guerrero love because you're married to his daughter i'm sorry uh but no i think i think the people there are great rich did you notice how on smackdown before he did a frog splash he kissed his hand and pointed to the air yeah, and slapped his chest three times. Yeah, oh, that was so. I that's what that's about. Remote. That was yeah. I, throw my remote. I, I I dug it. I dug it. Like that was cool. I was like, how dare you, sir? Like <laughs> you're just trying to get points with Shaw when you get home. I mean, I, I, you know, do what you got to do. That's true. All right, and, so and if you're not appropriating, you're not trying. There you go. Spoken from our only white guest. Uh, so okay. <laughs> um. So basically, um, the poll went like this. Enzo Amore got 9% of the vote. Brizongo got 24% of the vote. Alexa Bliss, 25% of the vote. And your winner, with 42% of the vote, Patrick Clark, the Velveteen Dream. Um, Steve, whether or not, and I have to check on it to see if that's who you voted for. Steve, you actually voted for Brizongo. And you expressed that earlier. Why do you think... Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream, ended up getting the nod. You know, it. those two were my two picks. They were both neck and neck. Uh, looking at him on Tough Enough, which was my only exposure to him, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he didn't grab me at all. The show was so shitty that I stopped watching after three episodes, so maybe pause. he turned into something By great the way, on the show. I just want to call a pause on him grabbing you, but keep going. Uh, he is the Velveteen Dream. That is an appropriate <laughs> pause. <laughs> uh, but... You know, he spent God knows how long not even on TV, and then when he comes up, he's this fully formed character and gets right into this thing with Alistair Black, who is just the perfect person for him to play off of. This Dutch tough guy kickboxer squared off of the most effeminate, not quite gay, but going as close to gay as you can get these days without crossing that line. And holding his own and doing the whole respect thing with, you know, say my name and all that shit. Uh, Plus, the uh, polls came out not long after that match with those two, which was just a show-stealing match we'll talk about later. I, yeah, I won't fault anybody who voted for Velveteen Dream in this, in this poll. And Rich, how about you? Why do you think Velveteen ended up getting the knockdown? I think I'm on the opposite spectrum of the same thing Steve said. So I watched Tough Enough. I it was ironic because at the time he got saved, that was weak before the Hogan stuff came out and then air date wise the day of or the couple of days of the episode where Hogan finally got fired he had saved Patrick Clark from being eliminated so I kind of got sucked in from that point and of course hearing how vicious Paige was on the uh, show I guess Uh, so 
when it comes to the Velveteen Dream, I figured he was going to be long for the WWE when his first character on the circuit in Florida was Make America Great Again, loving uh, Donald Trump impersonator with blonde hair and all that other crap. So I figured if they saw if he could do that, he'll do anything. And God bless me, he's made Velveteen Dream work. Uh, any man that can rock a turtleneck with the arms torn off and sequence and still go in the ring is someone I will support. Brian, Brian Austin, if you can, because I see you're on stream, let me know how the video quality is. On my end, it looks like it's really dark because Facebook is doing what it's doing. But if it's okay, let me know. If it's dark and I can fix it, let me know, and we'll we'll get to that. Um, Shahid, next to me, Velveteen Dream. What, what got him to nod? I think because what got him to nod was recency bias. <laughs> We started to vote right when takeovers there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, they say they watch NXT. What they really mean is I watch Takeover. So that was the first time they've seen Velveteen Dream, like, in a serious competition. Mm-hmm. So you see him hanging with Aleister Black. You see the crowd get behind him, and you see him thriving with a character that could easily got dropped in the toilet because. Like I said, WWE hasn't done a good job with handling those type of characters before in the past. And normally when they do those characters, everyone else kind of reacting like gay panic. I don't know how to handle this guy. I'm creeped out. Uh, mm-hmm. They never played it with this. They just had him play straightforward. It was kind of like, you know, it's mind games, but not I'm afraid of them. And like Steve brought up, you got a Dutch Satanist that's stoic. And you got this. It's funny. People talk about how he dresses like I lived in D.C. for seven years. It's plenty of people that dress like that. Yeah. Like, that's not a joke. There's, so it was easy for him to get that kind of outfit. So you see this guy. You see this awesome character he's playing that's fully formed. You see him thriving in, in this character. You see him that he can actually wrestle. Like, he's an athlete. Yeah. And he can and he can hang. And it's kind of like, you see that, it's easy. It'd be an easy, easy vote. I wasn't surprised for him because I watch NXT. So it's like, once I saw him week in and week out when they had time like I knew he was good so I wasn't surprised by him being good I wasn't I was more surprised that he was that good ring wise but that was more because they didn't give him a time to like show off his skills biggest thing to me I mean it being 2017 like we all agree like Dustin Runnels is a good to great worker like as far as wrestling like he knows his stuff the, to me the biggest thing that held him back he looks like his daddy and, and does what he can to fight that off. Like, if you give Dustin Runnels Cody Rhodes physique, I think he's further along as far as we look at him in history. But we all agree he's really good. 2017, the world's more accepting of people who don't all look the same. Um, Patrick Clark's physique is different. And so it's more endearing when he's wearing the turtlenecks with no stomach and no sleeves and in the tights you know like it's it's like visually it's just different super athletic second best elbow drop in nxt because Kyrie saying like let's be real um and no he, and he owns it and that's the biggest thing like he's all in on the character but it's not to a point where there's very little sexual about it if that makes sense it's all personality um, and then he has this great thing with Aleister Black. It's the sneakiest feud I've ever seen because the way it culminated and the way everything they did played into the match, it's just not something WWE does. And whoever we have to give credit to for that, we should. But yeah, I, I think we also, like you said, we're prisoners of the moment. Travis and I were fresh out of streaming at Comic-Con 
watching the match at a fried chicken joint. And we're just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Standing outside in the cold, watching it, fascinated. So like, yeah, it just uh, caught on at the right time. I think we did kind of get caught up in the moment. Um, again, 46 or 42% of our Twitter poll out of 469 votes voted the Velveteen Dream. Out of our actual poll, I think uh, five were for Velveteen Dream, four for Brizongo. I voted for Brizongo. Uh, the biggest reason was the longevity of what they were doing, uh, the Twitter reaction, and really that match that they had at the pay-per-view where Tyler Breeze has the broom and switches outfits mid-match. Like, just that guy being successful in things that he's doing, like, I'm a fan of that. Brizongo kind of coming back from where he was stunted, like, it's all just really cool to me. So that's why I voted that way. But, uh, guys, Rich, Steve... As a consensus, can we agree that Patrick Clark was the rightful winner here? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm totally on board with that. All right. Shahid, you good on that? I mean, I guess. <laughs> Steve, I mean, to be honest, no. To be honest, it's more where I voted Brizango as well because they okay. came from a lot farther. And it and it was more surprising when they yeah. did it because it's kind of like it got to the point where they didn't have to wrestle and they got over on SmackDown. SmackDown is a wrestle heavy show, yeah. And they got even jaded fans over like that match they had with the Usos should have been ridiculous. Yeah, they out there like Tyler Breeze is out there like a Scooby Doo character. <laughs> and Norm, if he'd have played that wrong, he'd have got booed out the damn building. Yeah. The fact that he played it right, the crowd got behind him, and they were getting their falls against the Usos when the Usos was like super hot heels, this shows how well they played the character. And not only did they revitalize themselves, they made the Ascension mean something. Yeah. So that's why I voted for them. But, I mean, I couldn't go wrong with anybody building Belvachine Dream. Um, Alexa Bliss getting the vote she got is kind of, I think if this was 2016... I can see her high on the list is like 2016 show that she's good. 2017 just reinforces. So mm-hmm. a lot of people still surprised. And we'll we'll talk about Alexa Bliss a little bit later uh, here in the show. Um, let's go ahead and jump to number uh, to our second topic. Uh, the most wasted asset. Uh, now, guys, you're looking at the four people we chose in front of you. Anybody who should be on this list that is not. Uh, Steve, let me go to you first. No, when we were putting this together in the group chat, we had a little bit of a hard time coming up with four names. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm good with this list. Okay. Uh, Rich, anybody? No, I I can't really think of anyone. Like, like Steve said, from the group chat on, I think I was dead set on the four. Okay. And Shahid? Luke Harper. Luke Harper. Okay. That's the only one. That's but there. Yeah. But that's, uh, like I said, the four, you know, I couldn't think, like, Luke Harper is a good name, but I couldn't think of who I was move out to put him in. So the four that we picked were a good four. Okay. We had 443 votes on this poll. Um, 11% said Samoa Joe. 16% said Bailey. 29% Shinsuke Nakamura. And the winner with 44% was Finn Balor. Uh... Shahid, let me go to you first. Mm-hmm. Do you think the right person was selected? And if, if so or if not, why? It wasn't my vote, but I think the right person was selected just because of what Finn Balor was, what he should be, and what he is now. Mm-hmm. It's like he was, you know, 
He came from NXT. They pushed him to the moon. He got hurt. And I think the biggest thing that happened was he was a victim of circumstance. When he came back, Braun Strowman was a thing. Okay. So it went from... You could see him hanging with Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens is the champ and like Seth Rollins is the champ and even Roman Reigns is that limit to how big you are and you could be a champion. So now he comes back and you have, even though he hung with Samoa Joe and NXT, you got Braun Strowman, Rock Lesnar. You got a lot of big guys. And I know Finn Balor looks cool in the leather jacket, but him at 190 pounds hanging in the main event is something that's like you have to educate your crowd to believe that and they didn't do a good job of doing that because they were just wasting he got caught in the Bray Wyatt trap like everyone else he just wasted time with Bray Wyatt to the point where you know now Kane is going to be in a Royal Rumble match instead of Finn Balor or Brock Lesnar I don't know anybody wants to see Kane in 20 whenever much less 2018 like Finn Balor will be the future and now it's kind of like let's have him beat up the son of Mr. Perfect, because we don't know what to do with him. Yeah, that's about it. Um, let's see. To me, it was Bailey. Like it just was Bailey. And what I mean by that is, this was the opportunity they had to make the most money off of any woman ever, ever. Like I, I just think, based on who she was presented as. Um, what we saw in NXT and what they can do with merchandising that finally isn't based on sex. They had a chance to make a lot of money. And I'm a little spoiled. And what I mean by that is this. We got to do the live stream of Bailey's Q&A at Comic-Con. And she's just so confident and so aware of who she is. And you realize that like it's cool a character like she that she's embracing because she's really a grown woman confident in her abilities like that's where the money was now is there more money based on how these things work to be made off of Finn Balor absolutely but this was your chance to really get dollars and cents off of a woman performer and it just it was just like no we don't get what she is. And, and what's ridiculous about it to me, you get what John Cena is. How do you not get what Bailey is? Because it's the woman version. And like she's a brunette. And like you said, <laughs> and to jump in, like you said before, the biggest issue with Bailey, and it's an issue with almost all of the women there, they're getting pushed incorrectly. Yeah. And they run into a lot of them where Charlotte, Charlotte and Sasha Banks are heels being pushed as faces. And one of the reasons why Alexa Bliss thrives is she's a heel being pushed as a heel. Like, Bailey, they don't, they see her as like, okay, we can't sex her up. We can't tart her up. It should be easy. She's a woman that kids like and grown-ups like. They want to root for her. Let her be that plucky underdog that can wrestle and win. Instead, it's like, ah, she a dork. This it's almost, and I, and I would think they would have grown out of that, but it's still that whole stigma. Like we want people that like wrestling, but not really be fans. Like if she grew up as a gymnast and decided to be a wrestler, they probably would like treat her better than like I want to be a wrestler. Like why? What's wrong with you? Yeah. When you wrestling, you grow up, which is insane thinking about it. You would want somebody to have passion, but they're like you said, they could have made a lot of money with Belly, and now they're treating her like she's. We need somebody to take a loss. Let's bring her in. Rich is Finn Balor. The, the proper vote for this. 
I think so. I think one of the biggest issues I had when I looked at the results is I'm disappointed in the voters not realizing if I can use the uh, black dude putting a finger to his head, you can't be wasted if you intentionally want to be in the case of Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, that was his MO in Japan. He only came out for the big matches. He was a little bit more 2D than some of the guys who were his contemporaries toward the end and injuries had kind of put him in a position where he was more than happy to play out the string and give you excellence when excellence was needed. In the WWE, he doesn't need to be excellent. He understands. Like, I think it's an insult to say he's wasted when he realized signing that contract Vince McMahon's paying him money to make him an Asian caricature while he gets to uh, uh, ski while he gets to surf and hang out with his family in America. Yeah, hang out with his friends. Doing a lot of sightseeing. Yeah. Um. You know. I again. I think it was Bailey. Finn Balor. I completely understand. Like when I get into my video game mode, he's the guy who's my main roster champion, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, because he's just. He's just so cool. Like, I got to watch him in NXT put on these great matches. Chill out. <laughs> I got to watch him in NXT put on great matches. Like, I see how the crowd reacts to what he does. Like, one thing I noticed, they purposely don't cut his entrance when he comes out. A lot of guys, they might end up just in the ring. Or you see him coming out, and then they'll cut the commercial. They know what they have. But they're like, nah, go wrestle Bo Dallas, big dog. I think of the fact they know what they have. So they use him like that. Like, I know I get this. I know I got this Benz. Mm. So let me try this different thing. And like, yes, Finn Balor's cool. Even though when he comes out with his leather jacket and tights, he looks like a damn pervert. Like, <laughs> come on. I mean, Alex Wright. I'm sorry. I remember Alex Wright coming out to that same gear, and like, it did not look right. Gotta hit that dance, and Finn Balor weighs ten pounds. Wonderkind is not here for slander. Today. Yeah, and like to bring up Rich's point about Nakamura. He's right to a thing. The only reason I feel like he got wasted is because he got sacrificed to the altar of Jinder Mahal. Hey, if, I will say, I have seen Shinsuke Nakamura put on better matches with lesser opponents than Jinder Mahal. Jinder can catch some some slander for that, but Shinsuke pulled out decent matches out of fucking bad luck folly. He could have had a better match than that with Nakamura at SummerSlam. Yeah, I... I don't think it's like even the match product, it's just the fact that he lost. Because I think everyone was under assumption, like, you know, this is... We thought that was the time. Yeah, like, we this Nakamura time, time to shine. He should buzz cut him in six minutes. And I think I was watching something else when the match started. Like, oh, he's going to win this. Because we were talking about it on the Facebook chat. So when I went there and everybody was saying, the fuck is going on? Or what's this? I'm like, wait, Shisuke lost? <laughs> and I just started laughing. Like, this is just insane. Had that not happened... I don't even think he'd be on this list. Like, he'd just be a guy. Like, I think people make the mistake of thinking, oh, it's Shinsuke Nakamura. He's from Japan, so he should have matches where he's dropping people on their neck. Like, that's not how he wrestles. People take that stereotype of thinking, he's from here. He should be putting on these type of matches I'm used to seeing on this app. Why isn't he doing this? It's Vince McMahon's fault. So here's what's crazy. Um, So Finn Balor won strong in that poll with 44% of the vote. In our vote, Finn Balor got two votes, Shinsuke Nakamura got two votes, and Bailey got five votes. So, based on that, do we have to say that Shinsuke is the most wasted asset? Rich, Steve, feel free to chime in. 
I think Bailey is easily the most wasted asset. Uh, going back to some of your points, mm. she is a license to print money in the preteen girl demographic. Yeah. Uh, my, my daughter now is 12 years old. When she was 9, 10 years old, she was she barely watched wrestling just because I watched it. Mm. But she loved the Bailey character. You bring this girl up to the main roster, and yeah, she does all right for a little while, but then instead of you know, they were building two things concurrently, the Bailey chase for the title and Charlotte being undefeated on pay-per-view. Yep. And instead of converging those two and having Bailey pin her on pay-per-view, Bailey wins in kind of an anticlimactic raw match. Yeah. And and then has a little four-way at Mania, which was okay, and then lost on pay-per-view in her hometown of San Jose the month after Mania. Yes. Yeah. complete Ooh. fucking burial. And looking like an idiot, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, it was bad. And then Bailey, remember when SmackDown was still on whatever the hell UPN turned into? Open. And the big story at the time was that Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio were just driving these ratings for the Latino market. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a little bit of a stretch, but Bailey is the key to that young girl market, a market that just seemed impossible for or professional wrestling for the 25 years that I've watched mm-hmm. all of a sudden these little girls had a character they could latch on to and they they fucked it <laughs> you know they, yeah no way around it maybe it's not as much money as say a Finn Balor breaks out but it is another revenue they could have had another revenue source they could have had that they have just completely shit the bed with mm-hmm. I think it's even more money because it's kind of like little girls fuel their daddy's pockets and they yes <laughs> You will spend more, and and Steve, you can attest to it. Like you're, you're kind of at the mercy of your daughter when she wants stuff. Like because you know, disappointing grown women is kind of easy. You you know we, we we do that all the time. But like girls, it's different. They hold grip. Don't look at me like that. They hold. Grip. <laughs> you guys, make sure that she doesn't. You guys, real quick, Steve. Y'all can't see the screen. Y'all can't, now yeah. because I fucked up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you can't see the stream. She turned and looked at me so crazy just now. It happens. Because you talking reckless. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, okay, I disappoint grown women yeah. more often than most. But, to, but it's fine. To bring up a point, Rich think, and Rich will definitely think, the biggest issue with Bailey, and Rich will definitely appreciate this, Vince has an Ike Permalter mindset when it comes to this, where... We don't mind dolls when it comes to the boys. Come the girls, they got cooties. I don't know how to market the girls unless they got C cups out. Like right. it's like it's no mistake that the Bellas have what twelve as many Twitter followers and Instagram followers they have because they're on E. They get pushes like they get pushes like these powerful sex symbols, but they're sex symbols. Most of the divas are even like these power women. Or sex symbol women. Barely they do neither with. So it's like, we don't know how to push this. Like, how do I push this girl? Like, just push her. They have too many people in power that do not know how to market to young girls and young teenage women. They treat them like they got cooties. So they treat Bailey like a chump. Guys, let me ask you, um, before we move on to the next point. Is there more money in Bailey if you call her Bailey Martinez? Not necessarily. No. But that's like the same thing when you deal with like uh, uh, Seth Rollins. Mm. If he's Colby Lopez or Seth Lopez, does that help? I think with Bailey, it would help more if Vince got out of this locked in 
view of women as if you're a blonde and you have fake breasts, you're over. But if you're a brunette, you, if you're not sexy, you can't be in my line of sight. Like, look at what happens with Renee Young versus like a Charlie Caruso. Like, Renee gets like full roles, like she's everywhere. Charlie Caruso kind of gets pushed to the side. And I think part of it's because Vince has never looked at her Instagram page and it was like, oh wow, she can wear clothes that <laughs> aren't professional. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, like looking back, uh, right to Shahid's point, the first time I saw something was going wrong with the NXT versus WWE dichotomy is when they decided in their infinite wisdom to do a women of the NXT like cheesecake thing like they used to do with WWE magazine back in the mm-hmm. day. And you could see how uncomfortable Bailey was in a two-piece bikini, like just taking the pictures. Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? It's not like, her mode, I, yeah. She, I, and it was funny because with the WWE Network, they even had the behind-the-scenes stuff, and it confirmed what I thought just looking at the pictures. Because she was like, you know, I had to talk to the other girls, like, how do I wear heels? How do I put this on? What am mm-hmm. I doing? And I'm like, just let the girl wear, like, shorts and a tank. Like, if that's what she wants to do, that's sexy for her. You don't have to turn it into this, like, a grotto of young women for yourself. Like, if Charlotte wants to do it, cool. If Sasha wants to do it, cool. But if Bailey doesn't want to do it, if, uh, you know, back in the day, Luna Vachon doesn't want to be the one that's in, like, the girl with the drag tag gear, let the woman be herself, and people will find that there's going to be a girl that's empowered, and if you still want to be a scumbag, there'll be a guy that wants to see it. Yeah, and to bring up your point about Bell, if they push her Latin roots, I think it's a in WWE with women that can be kind of pigeonhole because you notice how they push Rosa Mendez, and then look how they push Eve Torres. When Eve first came out, she had the Latin music, everything like that, and then one day she had regular music, and they pushed her like a regular diva, mm-hmm. and she took that step up. Like when it comes to you don't want to be you want to be ethnic, you won't be too ethnic because then yeah. you'll always be the ethnic guy. You know, you'll be because it'd be like, oh, why don't she come out the mariachi music? You know, she's going to start doing a frog splash. She's going to start shaking like this and everything like that, because that's what Vince thinks every Latin person should act. And do you really want to see hot blooded Bailey Martinez out there? It's a good point. <laughs> Bailey La Bamba. Wow. OK. And, uh, <laughs> Great. Quick, I think Zelina Vega is in that sweet spot right now. Yes. Because she's, she, you know, she she gets to show some of that ethnicity, some of those roots, but it's not beating you over the head with it. She's got a world of potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you say Dominican events, he's gonna be like, "What does that mean?" Guys, um, women also listen to this show, so we're not gonna talk about Zelina Vega's sweet spot. South Congress and the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast have two online stores to buy shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, notebooks, and more. Visit Redbubble.com and TeePublic.com and search Seahawk to see all of the merchandise. We run specials every few weeks, so join the South Congress and East Coast Cast Facebook fan pages for all the details on our online specials and promotions. On to the next point. Uh, so <laughs> we asked everybody uh, who the most overrated wrestler was, and this one is going to require some explanation because this was like the thing on Twitter where, and, and I explained this yesterday on the East Coast Cast, like, I'm not Wade Keller, and I'm not Dave Meltzer. You know, I'm, I'm not... Like, I'm a guy who likes wrestling, but I'm not the guy who 
you can just like kind of say something real off the wall to and me just say something sarcastic and keep going. Like I want to explain to you where I'm coming from to make sure I don't have to punch you in the face. Like that that's me. I don't get paid for this. Like I I don't really want smoke, but I do want smoke. He wants smoke. I, I want smoke. <laughs> so um and it was it was actually pop development camp. Yeah, exactly. So like it was cool. Like nobody talked too crazy, but it almost got there. Um let, let's just jump into it. Uh the four that we chose for most overrated wrestler, and there are different reasons for these. Um Shinsuke Nakamura got 14% of the vote. Uh Brock Lesnar got 23% of the vote. Dean Ambrose got 30% of the vote. And Roman Reigns, uh, the winner in this category, got 33% of the vote. There were 486 votes. So roughly a third of 500 would be, what, 170? 175? Give or take? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, most people feel like he's the most overrated wrestler. Um, Now, guys, when we talked about this, this was kind of a thing where I knew this name had to be on the list. Uh, kind of the reason um, I put him on there specifically was he's pushed as the top guy. And so it's assumed, at least by people in charge, that people are there to see him. Um, the other guys I included, like Nakamura, that's more based on hype and expectation. Brock Lesnar is really based on the eyes that he brings in versus performance. And then Dean Ambrose, which I explained yesterday on the East Coast cast, was more, you know, how do you evaluate Cal Ripken? Is Cal Ripken that good at baseball? Or is Cal Ripken always available to play and pretty good at baseball? Um, and this is from a guy from Southern Maryland, so I saw a lot of Cal Ripken. So everybody kind of had a different reason on there. Um, first off, Steve, let me ask you, is there anybody who should be on this list. And number two, do you have any problem with my interpretation? Uh, no problem with your interpretation of that. Uh, I can't think of anybody else who I would put on the list. I thought that, uh, I know Ambrose is a popular pick for that category, but I thought Nakamura was easily far and away for me, the most overrated. Mm. Uh, and here's the funny thing, and we'll get to it, but... Ambrose and Nakamura had every vote except one on the list. I'm the one person that voted Brock Lesnar. Not because I don't think Brock Lesnar's good, because I think he's really good, but I really think Brock Lesnar gave us three good matches. Well, no, I, I can't say that, because his Goldberg match was good. That might be the third one. I might be right. He really gave us maybe three or four good matches in 12 months, personally. Even though I'm a big fan of the guy. Oh, yeah, like five, though. He had like five? Okay. He had five good matches in, in 12 months. Um, but no, like, I like the guy. That's not me saying I don't think he's good. It's just me. It's the Kevin Garnett thing. Like, I know you're good, but are we? Are people saying you're better than you are? But anyway. All right, but, but looking at that Cal Ripken analogy mm -hmm. you said, uh, how many matches has Brock Lesnar had on television this year? Uh, three to five out of, you know, six to seven? That's mm -hmm. a pretty damn good percentage. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Rich, same question for you. Um, any problem with how I evaluated the category? And do you think anybody was left off of this? I don't think I have a problem with the way you evaluated it. And I think, after talking to Travis, especially last night, my vote 
is it, it's a little unfair because based on the way you evaluated, I don't think it's fair for me to say Dean Ambrose is overrated. Okay. And uh, the reason I say that is we were talking last night about the idea of the number of matches and comparing them. I spent, I went nuts. I, I kind of did a little mini deep dive into that, which I might do into a show. Dean Ambrose is in the top 10 for all-time wrestlers who have wrestled in the WWE in terms of matches on the main roster. And that's in six years. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? That, yeah, he wrestles yeah, like every I day. had to stop. Like, wait, what? Yeah. He's number six all-time in matches? Yeah. <laughs> he always Golly. works. Until he got like, hurt. You know, I'm like... Is Jimmy Uso. Yeah. Yeah, because he did... Like, because when his brother got hurt, he still hung around and did some stuff. Wow. Number two? Well, no, number two as far as amongst oh, guys okay. who are left. Oh, okay. Not, like, number two all time. Because number one's Undertaker. That's He's cool. got, like, 16. Mm-hmm. Like, while we're talking, I'll, I'll bring it up, and that could be something we talk about later. But, yeah, Undertaker has, like, I think almost 1,600 matches, some other guys. But, really, Dean Ambrose has more matches. I can put it this way. He has more matches in the WWE than Triple H, Shawn Michaels, uh, I want to say who else, uh, Big Show. It's insane. Wow, and Triple H was an institution from like, what, 95 to like 2012? More or less. Right. Jesus. Okay. And, and that's my other thing. Like, I also included, well, Dean Ambrose has had a lot of matches. How many of those matches are something people write home about? Because I think Dean Ambrose was strong as the the first kind of SmackDown champion doing stuff with AJ and Cena. Like, I thought that stuff was really good. But, like, again, is being there enough? And I really do. It's weird. I said Brock Lesnar was most overrated. But I do really hold in high regard Lesnar Ambrose from WrestleMania Dallas where Brock Lesnar was like, nah. I'm not going with none of that because I don't feel like you deserve that. It's like I kind of take how Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman feel about competition as how I evaluate talent. You know, I she stopped me from talking crazy about people I don't know. Okay, I've been waiting for this. And while you do that, I'm going to check these Instagram comments because uh-huh. there are a lot of them. So when we were. Talking about doing this show, one of the things I asked is, can I get some time to vent about this this particular topic? Because the fact that Roman Reigns was even a choice is asinine. Internet fans need to get out their mind. Wait, do it. Ass a nine, ass a ten, ass a eleven. From ass, ass, ass affinity. <laughs> From ass a nine to infinity. Internet fans need to get out their head that Roman Reigns is like separate how you feel about him as a human being in his spot from what he does in the ring. Like, I know you'll never be Roman Reigns in real life. You'll never look like him. You'll never be as sexy as him. You won't have that spot. You think one day, well, you know, Kevin Owens is fat like me, so I can relate to him, even though Kevin Owens is an athlete and most of you guys aren't. So it's like we relate to people we think we could be in real life, people that are above and beyond. We kind of give them the side eye and feel like it's undeserved of a push. And week in and week out, Roman Reigns have had good matches with a multitude of people. 
Like, he's had those matches. You know, you could be mad that he gets 20 minutes with Jason Jordan, but if he has a good match with Jason Jordan, you can't say, oh, that match sucks because I don't like Roman Reigns. Like, that's arguments keep being made about Roman Reigns. It could apply a couple years ago, but, like, this year he hasn't really been in the main event half the year. He's been he's in the, shooting at you, Willis. He's been in the mid-card or upper mid-card. shooting mid- at you, Willis. I hope, Willis, is why he's been in the mid-card and upper mid-card. He's been having 15 to 20-minute good matches. Crowds are even starting to cheer for him again. Like one second, Chuck. I know you got my email about that business, dog. I see you on stream. Answer that email and get your money. Keep going. Yeah. So I was mad when Roman Reigns was there as a choice. I was even more mad when he won because it's kind of like people are letting their preconceived notions and their personal feelings get in the way of how they were voting. It's like, yeah, Roman Reigns is overrated because I don't like Roman Reigns. I miss Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. They should be there. Fuck Roman Reigns. I voted for Dean Ambrose, and here's the reason why. I love Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is like I even got the same leather jacket Dean Ambrose got. It's the, he doesn't wear it that actually jacket is more. over there on the chair jacket. behind the stream. I see yeah, the jacket. Like it's, he doesn't wear that type of jacket anymore, but he used to wear that jacket. And I brought it before Dean Ambrose wore it, but I always like reward. Cool. Dean Ambrose on SmackDown was awesome. He was like this Looney Tune champion with an edge. He could hang in a ring. Dean Ambrose on Raw. It's been coasting. Like, you know, I got into it with Jared saying, oh, look at all the good matches. Dean Ambrose was. I'm like, yeah, with Seth Rollins. He was in a lot of good matches when there was other people involved. Like, how, how many good single matches Dean Ambrose you can remember offhand? I can remember one he had with either Seamus or Cesaro and um, the, like, that's it. He'd been coasting. He'd been coasting out there. Like, I hang with the Shield. I can cut promos. I'm married to Renee Young. I'm cool. That's enough. And it's like, nah, that ain't enough. Like, you can do better. And like you say, availability is a skill mm-hmm. and being around is a skill. Is in is health a skill? Health is not a skill. She's a doctor. He will not let me say that health is a skill. Yeah, Some people Because I don't know how you can prevent your bones from not breaking <laughs> if you're doing stuff where your bones may break. Really quick, sidebar, um, one of my favorite viewers of our streams, one of my favorite listeners, um, the one who specifically told me I should never do a stream with sleeves is watching us on IG. Hi, Debbie. Oh, so that's why. Hi. Okay, so keep going. Life is there. Here's a hope. And wow, I wow, wow, wow. And when I thought about the point Cam made about Kyle Ripken, I always think about Jason Witten and John Stockton because people always bring them up as these all-time greats. And mm-hmm. I'm like, because they were available. And if you're available long enough... You're going to look in the numbers. John Stockton was played for 20 years. He was probably all NBA first team twice. It was no time when he played when people was like, you know what? John Stockton, the best point guard in the NBA. Not once. Cause Can we date this show really quick? Last night, Rondo went 225 and 7. Yes, because he's selfish ahead. He's two selfish points, ahead. 25 assists, and 7 rebounds. The most Rondo game ever. But okay, yeah, again, I'm, this is the last time I'll cut yeah, you off. He's a stat whore, and I hate him. <laughs> you know. And the same thing with Jason Witten. It's kind of like, you know, Jason Witten will come. He'll be top five in catches. No one ever thought Jason Witten was the best tight end. In fo- like, he's Jason, literally never been the best Jason tight end Witten in football. If Jason Witten played in, like, Jacksonville his whole career, nobody would remember him. He'd be slow Mercedes Lewis. He'd be like, oh, he'd be Frank Gore. Because Frank Gore is, like, six in Russian. And if – and. A lot of people are like, wow, Frank Gore's like that life. Yeah, Frank Gore played anonymity for like 12 years. So if I had my glasses, I'd read that. I'm just going to say Lion Life for my man Eric. 
here on stream. I hope he's saying something nice because if it's rude, I'll feel it. And that's how Dean Ambrose is. Like, Dean Ambrose, and, so, and it's a shame we tell him about his availability when the fact that he just got injured and he's going to be out, they said, nine months. Hopefully, it's not as long as that. And that's... Can I, can I say he's overrated? And I, is he who I chose? Um, no, he's not. But salute to him. Because, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, nine months... I feel like that's almost light because I can imagine the wear and tear on his body. Um, gosh, like yeah. you, you did your job. Even though I put you on this pole, like I salute you for being able to do what you do because I ain't showing up at work that many days a year. I got vacation days. I felt bad voting for Dean Ambrose because I'm such a fan of Dean Ambrose, but I didn't vote for Brock Lesnar because, like, yeah, he might have had like out of the top matches we had. He was in a bunch of them. Like, he only had five matches, and three of them were awesome matches. So, I wish I had success rate. Like, he had two of, and we'll get to it at the end, he had half of the matches on our poll as far as matches of the year goes. And to wrap it up, as somebody who I would have picked, and I know it's going to irk Rich that was on the list. Get ready, Rich. And it's Mr. Rolling Stone, rest of the year himself, The Miz. Because The Miz on the mic... Was awesome, and I give. Here's what we have to do: we have to save that. We have to save that until the end. We have to stop. Stop. We have to save that until the end. We have to wait because he definitely deserves at least attention. So we have to wait till the end. For me, if he'd have been on the list for voting for overrated, I'd have picked him. Because I don't. Yes, because I don't. My and I use my rationale for voting. It's not just I take both sides. And if it was just ring skill, it'd be one thing. And if it was just mic skill, it'd be something else. I combine the both. Like, mic skill, and it's not just him, and we'll talk about other people. I think a lot of times people tend to be funny when they say they get mad at WWE when they say they only push people based on personality and because they can talk well and everything like that, and they ignore the ring stuff. But then a lot of people in these choices got picked. And it seemed like they ignored the ring stuff. I think people, if you like what you, if you like a person, then it's important to you. And if you don't like a person, then it's not important to you. And that's how I feel like for me, that's that's why I feel the way I feel about The Miz. But like you said, we'll save that for later. Really quick, my favorite point guards of all time are Jason Kidd, number one, probably Russell Westbrook, number two. Number three is Eric Nencio. Uh, who I went to high school with, and he's saying on stream, John Stockton would get worked in today's NBA. He got worked back Salute then. Salute, salute. He, he got again. Worked. He never got, the top. He point got guard. worked like, back then. Yeah. He had to cheat and grab shorts to hang. Like this whole thing. Oh, he beat people fundamentally. Like he played now. He beat T.J. McConnell. Somebody. Somebody. Guys, guys, guys. Hold, hold the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> T.J. McConnell with a jumper. Oh, yes, God. Steve. Actually obligated to defend John Stockton as a Caucasian whose voice is being recorded in the year of our Lord 2017. Okay. Uh, John Stockton could assist and pass a motherfucker. He wore little shorts and was a teammate of Carl Malone, and that's all I fucking remember of him. And that he was on the dream team and didn't get recognized when they went to Spain. But continue with your slander. Yeah, this is like, this isn't this is an alt point. Okay, we're I not mean, having John that Stockton thrive in a era <laughs> when like you had. White point guards can hang like Mike Mark Price was. And that's I was that's the only one I was ever gonna say. Was an all star. Where is Scott Skiles? Like right Scott now. Skiles is the all time leading assist in the game. Where and, is Mike Dunleavy? And also you gotta keep in mind most players, not just point guards, most players by the time they were 31, 32, they were done. 
Yeah. They're like washed up. Like a lot of them without the league by 33, 34. You put him now in the front of like, even, like you put him now in front of a, the average point guard, not even like, you know, Russell Westbrook, because that'd be like a damn war crime. Like, like Drew Holiday. Would give him work. Jared Bayless would give him work. Now let's not go too far. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jared Bayless on 2K14 would give him work. Okay. Shout out to your, your brother, Kevin DeFrango, mm-hmm. here on the stream. We so, see you, Kevin. Represent. My man. Um, okay. Guys, we're already at 50 minutes. Let's keep going. We talked a bit earlier about how Pat Clark may have stolen Surprise Act of the Year because we're prisoners of the moment. Let's talk about most underrated wrestler. We had 438 votes. 11% Jason Jordan. 13% Mickey James. 27% Elias Sampson. The winner... 49%. So, 438 votes. What, that's about 215 votes? Mm -hmm. Chad Gable. Um, If you played WWE 2K17, Chad Gable might have the best moveset in the game. Chad Gable just did super athletic shit. uh, Suplexed everybody. Hit that Emerald Fusion. Uh... What overhead butterfly into an armbar? Chad Gable was amazing, and right now they have Chad Gable, who might be my height, suplexing everybody out of their boots. I think the breakout performance for Gable was that first singles match with Rusev that he lost, where he's tossing Rusev around. Um, right now he's in maybe the best position he's been in, in that he has an edge to him. He's the personality in his tag team. Um, to me, and I have to look at what we actually said, I chose, I chose Gable. Um, the only people who were chose in our poll, Gable had seven votes. Jordan had one, which was our man Trav and Jeremy from Stunt Grady chose Elias, but everybody else was Chad Gable. Uh, Shahi, you first. Was Chad Gable the guy, and was anybody missing from this poll? Um, nobody's really missing because when it gets underrated, after those four, it's kind of like, who do I like that I did not get in the push, which is not the same as underrated. If mm-hmm. Chad Gable was like two inches taller, he'd be champ. Basically, two inches? That's how good. If he was Kurt Angle's height. Yeah, that's how good Chad Gable is. Yeah. Like, he's doing belly-to-belly suplex chains with Rusev. Let's keep in mind, like, you know, Rusev is a big stocky man. Chad Gable is slinging people where if that was on a video game, I think back in the day on the certain wrestling video games, if you the weight detection, if you were a certain, detection, shit, <laughs> you were certain size, you ain't suplexing. So like Ray exactly. Mysterio ain't hitting a power bomb on Big Show because mm-hmm. like nah, this is a video game. This ain't Nintendo. Yeah, like, Chad Gable like breaks games. Like Chad Gable is, is an awesome athlete. You continue, but really quick, Rich and Steve, I want to reach out to you. Is Shelton Benjamin? the best consolation prize that Chad Gable could receive? Just a yes or no really quick. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, keep going. Yeah. And the thing with Chad Gable is, as a singles wrestler, he's best as a baby face because he's sympathetic, he's small, he's awesome in the ring, that long hair helps, the Olympic background helps. It's easy to root for the underdog. As a tag team, him being a heel works best because he's a dickhead. He's absolutely he's an ass, and he could play off that with Shelton Benjamin, mm-hmm. and it's amazing because Shelton Benjamin is what Jason Jordan should be. 
Like Shelton's older. He can't do the stuff mm. he can still do. He's still strong as hell. We say yeah, he is. He's old man strength now. Yeah. He's YMCA And I used strength. to laugh at them because they was like, you know, oh, you know, he went to Japan, became a power. They basically saying like, you know, he got fat. Because, mm. you know, he gained some weight, became a power wrestler. And like, no, he's stronger mm. than he used to be, but he can still bust out like a running knee to the top rope. Have you guys noticed that he doesn't do the jump to the top rope anymore? It's a second rope, but his second rope still looks better than most guys jump to the top rope. Yeah, and that's the thing where people talk about, uh, like to Shahid's point about his, he only got heavy after he messed up his uh, shoulder, right? Shoulder, yeah, yeah, and he couldn't mm. lift. He actually put that in an Instagram post before he, after he redebuted on uh, SmackDown, mm. he gained weight while he was in that off season, kind of like what we we're talking about on the East Coast cast about like a day Tommy and like the stuff he had to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that team. I think he's a great consolation prize. I know Wade is in the opinion that, you know, he isn't ever going to be where people thought he could be. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you have to accept Shelton Benjamin for who he is, not who you want him to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. He never wanted, like, he was cool. He wanted to get however high he could get. Mm-hmm. And having the thing of, I'm cool with what I got, is good for some people. Mm-hmm. Not it, You don't want to have a CM Punk that's nothing ever is going to please them short of everything they want Steve really quick you might not know the exact number but what range did Shelton Benjamin fall for you in your all time WWE poll uh, he didn't make it man listen and here and here's the only reason I bring that up I would argue and I'd be wrong I'm, I'm looking at him like he's sitting there mm-hmm. I would argue and I'd be wrong that Shelton Benjamin had a better WWE career than Ric Flair I'd argue it, and I'd lose, but I'd argue it. See, you have to look at the weight of the accomplishments. Sheldon had a great 2002, 2003, first half of 2004. But then once you hit uh, the Shelton's mama stuff on, there's a whole lot of mid. Uh, One of the things we... The fucking analysis. It's great. You're doing great, Steve. Keep going. That's what they call the jump-up factor, and there was nothing that... No peak that Shelton Benjamin hit that was anywhere close to the 92 Rumble or WrestleMania 8 with Flair versus Savage or even uh, Flair versus Perfect at the second or third Monday Night Raw. The, the closest Shelton came to that was when he pinned Triple H on Raw right after the 04 draft. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, week, week in, week out, I would not argue against your logic. But Flair made my list and Shelton Benjamin did not for that jump up factor. How dare you have great analysis and points and facts? That's amazing. It's basically the point of... I had five beers, yeah. so that's... My man! Basically, Steve has made the point of why Gail Sayers is better than Curtis Martin. Even though Gail Sayers played maybe... Gail Sayers might have had like four, four good years. Mm. Or four, no, four years where he was like healthy. Those four years are awesome years. Curtis Martin's in the Hall of Fame. But it's like, oh, I remember that year in 2000... Yeah, you can't remember a year like Curtis Martin that stood out. He just... And that's yeah. kind of like Shelton Benjamin. He had Royal Rumble spots. Mm-hmm. And you remember those. He had Money in the Bank spots. Yeah, Money in the Bank yeah. spots. You remember those. You remember the stuff with Triple H, the good things. And you remember the bad stuff with Randy Orton when Randy Orton called him uppity. Said, you can't... You too uppity to try to get the IC title, which... I do remember that. ...was never said before and has never been said since because how are you going to be too uppity for the damn IC title back then? <laughs> you're... You're too uppity for the Western you remember, Heritage title. You remember him and his mama? And you remember when Shelton Benjamin was the gold standard with the gold hair? But Shelton Benjamin was basically, and you hope Chad Gable and run into this, like, 
he had the potential that was never fulfilled. And people got mad. Like, Shelton Benjamin should be more. And soon, and it gets to the point, and it's a lot of times where, okay, potential's fine. You in the game 10 years, potential's over. Like, that Al Harrington thing, he's never going to be all NBA. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Rich, really quick, if you can, give me an Al Harrington nick- nickname. Good Lord, I don't have one. I got one. Bachata Al Harrington. No? What's that mean? Nothing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh, wait, I thought you meant Al Horford. No. I'm sorry. Al Horford is Bachata Al Harrington. Yeah. Anyway. And that's the yeah, thing. I was going to say, Al Harrington's closest nickname is just Al. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. People got. No, he's and tall Bokeem Woodbine. That's a better one. See. There you go. That's a better one. We all look alike. We hit it. We, yeah. And the thing with Chad Gable, and you could look at Shelton Benjamin as a cautionary tale, you would hope Chad Gable wouldn't run to the part where because of his limitations, he would only get so high. And I think this era is a good chance as any where he could get past that. And SmackDown's a perfect show for him. Because all you got to do is look up and down the roster of WWE and NXT. It's like, yeah, the old rules don't apply anymore. Like, you see you see these fat guys. You see these ugly guys. You see these short guys getting pushes. AJ Spile with his hillbilly accent has been Ric Flair basically since he's been on WWE. He's walking around with that belt, and no one's looking at him weird. Like, six years ago, AJ Styles would have been opening match getting squashed by Snitsky or some guy like that. Wow. And so, Chad Gable being short is not the deterrent. It's still a deterrent, but it's not this whole deal breaker where it's like, you know, nah, he'll never be champion. I can see him having the belt. Not on Raw. Like, not on Raw. SmackDown, yeah. Because SmackDown... You look at the SmackDown roster, the big guys are like in a tag team division. Like, Baron Corbin's tall, but he ain't like this unbeatable monster. And Rusev is big, but he's more stocky big. He's not towering on anybody. So you can be a short guy and thrive on SmackDown. If he was on Raw, it ain't a snowball chance in hell. I think he can win the title on Raw. SmackDown, how SmackDown is now? It's a land of opportunity, yeah. man. Yeah. Guys. I think he can do it the way that uh, Daniel did the first time by cashing in on Big Show after Big Show kept coaching him up to step up. And he finally did it on him. I think I could definitely see Gable doing something like that, but straight up beating somebody. I don't think Vince has it in him, even if he's worrying about a fake XFL reboot or whatever he did with that hundred million dollars. Triple H is going. I think he's more of a uh, a Chris Benoit in WCW kind of scale, where he's kind of on the fringe of the main event and will occasionally have matches with those guys, but I don't see them running with him as the guy. Right. I'm gonna remember forever. Chris Benoit, Scott Hall, Monday Night Raw. Chris Benoit was giving him the business, got distracted, and then caught a top rope outside his edge. Had to. I mean, yeah. Put him down. Only way to put him down. And my rebuttal to that would be, I see where you guys coming from, but who would have thought AJ Styles would have the career he had when he got to WWE? Just Trump, but AJ I'm has raising been, my hand, but I'm not on video. But, I mean, <laughs> think about not, and there's no detriment to AJ Styles, but think of how Vince looks at Southern wrestlers, short wrestlers, and wrestlers he didn't make. AJ Styles was old, AJ Styles was country, AJ Styles was short. I know he well, had the New Japan thing, but he also had the TNA thing. So it's like, you know, AJ Styles will come in, he may get some run, and if he's lucky... He can feed with like Dolph Ziggler in the mid card or like some mid card guy, make some money, take care of his kids, and you know, love Jesus. And he's been the he's been the man. Like he's been WWE's best wrestler the past two years, and they've given him that time. So seeing that, 
and seeing all the things I've seen, like I've seen Jushin Liger wrestle Tyler Breeze on NXT. So I think anything is possible when it comes to WWE wrestling. Like I seen that was a thing that happened. Really quick, guys. Uh, Rich, let me g- give me one second. Rich, uh, salute to Quentin for being on stream. Brian, I figured it out. My screen was just kind of dull. Um, hey, Layla. Um, we're gonna talk about your favorite WWE wrestler here pretty soon. Uh, my man Manny Fresh. What's up, baby? Um, guys. Enough about how Chad Gable's underrated. I want to get to a topic that's going to be our fastest topic because it's just going to be a love fest. Now, somebody in this room swears that they didn't vote for who they voted for. I know who I I voted for. Again, I sent this out to nine podcasters, okay? Eight of the nine said that the Usos were the tag team of the year. The choices were The Bar, The New Day, Sanity and the Usos. We had 444 votes. Shout out to Jay-Z. Um, Sanity got 7% of the vote. The New Day, 11% of the vote. The Bar, 20% of the vote. And and I want to say this beforehand. The Bar had a great year. You have not-so-great story writers who could have made the thing with the Bar look a bit better as far as how they finally meshed. That bar scene was a mess. But I think we had Cesaro doing his thing. Sheamus maybe had his best year ever as far as strictly in-ring with a broken freaking whatever he had. Who knows how he's hurt. But the winners out of 444 votes with 62% of the vote and basically... 85% of our podcasters vote. 100%. 85%. Dude with the highest degree sold him out. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, you're too smart to understand greatness. The Usos. I, I don't even think it's close. What I want to do, starting with Rich, let's start the Usos Love Fest. You get it going, and, and after Rich is done, Steve, you jump in. She, then you jump in. And I will close with my love of the Usos. Shout out to that boy, Jay. Jay, you don't know it yet, but when you, me, and wrestling has its first episode, it's me and you. Rich, please lead us off. Hey, day one lockdown. They came in. They saw. They conquered. They took their personalities to a level that I didn't think was possible on television, short of Conan's telling people to toss his salad and peel his potato. Like they took, I mean, when I watched Nitro, when my friend would make the tapes and bring it, I was like, this dude really is saying this stuff on national television and nobody's saying anything about it. The Usos did the same thing with the Uso penitentiary. Like I know Bruce will say like the prison uh, culture and it was like, it, it is that. But it's also the fact that these guys, and this is going to sound ignorant, but it's also, I I can only go by, outside of pro wrestling, I've known 20 Samoans, mainly because one of my friends has a lot of family members. They are the most down folks I've met outside of going to visit family members that are still living in Harlem. So, like, it isn't them appropriating culture. That's as much a part of their culture as brown folk as black folk. 
and I don't think people realize that about them until they stop biting chicken heads off and started walking out with their fits and their jackets and that hat I gotta buy once they start selling it. I will tag out to the next person. Alright man, these guys are amazing characters. Like you said, just swag for days. And people forget these guys have been on the main roster now for seven and a half years. And if you remember, they came out initially real nice rest, almost like Kanye and College Dropout era. The the crisp Perfect reference. Up. Perfect. <laughs> and they were the whole deal was, you know, we're you hate us because we're Samoan, but we're not savages. We're not island boys. We're educated, we're athletic, and we're coming for that ass. And over years, you know, they got away from that a little bit with a little bit of the island dancing and whatnot in the aisle and playing up that aspect. But over the last year, these guys have turned it around. They have you brought up the lockdown, the prison culture thing. Uh, this past Christmas week on SmackDown, when they did the 12 days of the Uso Christmas, it was just them counting down and shouting lockdown after every fucking line. Anybody else did that, it would be awful. Those guys had the charisma to make it work. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Excuse me. Concerned, the sky's the limit for the Usos right now. Anybody that watches Total Divas, I don't. But my wife watches it. The only time I will pay attention is when the Usos are on, because they are just—they jump off the screen. The sky's the limit, and I will tag off to the next. Do me a favor. Can you read that last message to me, please? The Usos definitely had a breakout year. My man Manny, he knows what time it is. Okay. You got it. So one, I voted for the damn Usos. <laughs> Let's cut this thing. This hanging chat. I don't know what the hell happened. Like, yeah. And it's funny where I always make the argument that WWE merchandise, all the shirts are in black. And one of the few exceptions is the New Day. But even though the New Day have different colored shirts, I didn't vote for the New Day. I'm surprised that the Usos didn't win by more as far as the fan thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's the second biggest, uh, yeah, it's the second biggest uh, margin that we have. Like, second biggest, biggest percentage 62%. Um, I, I, again, I, I think the bar had a very good year. Um, the New Day, depending on what you watch for, because I, like, our man, and nobody, I don't want no slander, our man Mal Reynolds does not get the Usos. And I think it's a cultural thing. Like, it's definitely a cultural thing. They're on some street shit. But, and not even like no derogatory street shit but just know I'm gonna hit you in the mouth and this is what time it is I'm not afraid of you and I'm gonna bust on you like we had um another couple came over yesterday you met Robin and Latavia Mm -hmm. and so like Faye doesn't like roast me because she doesn't understand that there's a segment of people who bust on each other back and forth Robin and Latavia came over and Robin was like I gotta see it and we were just laughing and laughing and laughing so it's it's cultural like you don't necessarily get what they're doing my thing is I think they're in ring more than makes up for whatever else they're doing but yeah that's so me. three things about the Usos one I remember bringing up the point like during wrestling thing Usos are like probably the best team they had in like 20 years ring wise personality wise and everything mm-hmm. and like WWE specific top five all time and they ain't five and then people start looking at it like oh yeah you got a point like you realize they've been a tag team in a long time and a period to up until recently tag mm-hmm. teams were not a thing yeah they don't have to worry about Jimmy Uso singles push because like they're twins mm-hmm. so they're going to be a tag team 
or unless somebody get hurt, they're not going to be anything. Is that Mal that just jumped in at the bottom? Yeah. Yo, Mal, we were just talking about you. I know you don't get the Usos, but they're that good. Yeah. Two, the whole appropriation thing is funny. It's like, one, he ain't married Naomi by faking. No. So, no, you had to bring yeah. it. And this is, this is, <laughs> and this is, I got to say this the right way. This is thicker Uso that married Naomi, yeah. right? Full pause. But yeah, no, no, that yeah. sway. And it's kind of like Simone, like people, it's funny where you think of Simone's, it's kind of like, oh, they headbutting folks and the tribal stuff. The backstage stuff like, oh yeah, Yokozuna used to play rap music on the bus back in the day. Yeah. And that was a thing back then. Rikishi was the same way. It's like anybody that looks at the Usos, you could tell them look like, yeah, they've been around black people. Yeah. And it's not like crime time. <laughs> crap black people just like, n- not not like the orcs on bright black people yes. just black people yeah like so for me when they do the Uso penitentiary stuff when they cut and they finally yeah. get to talk it's them being natural I've seen plenty of people like that it's like when they first came to me like we coming here we taking your scholarship money mm-hmm. we taking your chances like and people couldn't wrap their head around it's like why you don't have a bone in his nose yeah why is he dressed like this and they couldn't wrap their head around it and I think the biggest thing that helped them out, and it's funny that it happened, I remember when the New Day was feeding with the Usos on Raw. Mm-hmm. And the problem happened where the New Day was supposed to be Hills, but they were so awesome as Hills, they got chaired. To the point where the Usos basically got bodied, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like they're baby faces, but they're not as cool as the New Day. So they got pushed to the side. So it's ironic that the New Day basically did the same thing on SmackDown to American Alpha mm-hmm. and the New Day. You gotta be on your P's and Q's to hang with the New Day when it comes to Mike. Yeah. And if they weren't, they got blown out the water. That rap battle they had, and you, we know what happened, like while they said the New Day won, because whatever, like, yeah. yeah. If you can hang with the New Day on the mic and mm-hmm. you can, like, stand above them, you can hang with almost anybody. Ring style, they can wrestle heel style mm-hmm. and babyface style. It's hard to do both. Like, they made beating up a body part enjoyable watching yeah because that can really be dull like one of the things why i don't like the revival as much as other people is this style is effective it can come off as boring because like yeah i remember this from like 88 you know yeah arn and tully work of body parts like yeah that's cool i seen that 20 30, i seen that 30 years ago usos did it it looked vicious it looked like they crippled mm. chad gable when they were shooting american alpha like that stomp to the knee and now seeing them be baby faces and transition still keep that same fire. I don't know, like in any other year, the bar would have won easily. Yeah. So that tells you how great the Usos were. Just a couple of things. And if you've listened to me on the East Coast cast, if you've got to hear me on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, you've heard me say this, so I don't want to repeat it too much. But first thing, if you go back and look at the Usos' faces against Harper and Rowan, you see how good they are as faces. And how good they are in a gimmick match. Okay. Number two, um, American Alpha coming to SmackDown being the new shit and the Usos adjusting accordingly and stepping up their game at that point. One of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Like the tag team, I wanted to make it the most. I had to concede that another team was better. I've been riding with the Usos ever since. So no reason to drag that out. Okay. Um, Because I'm such a good host and producer. I've noted that we're at the 115 mark. So this is going to be the end of part one 
of our Best of WWE 2017 show. Um, I'm Cameron with my man Shahid, with Rich, with Steve, and everybody else who contributed. We appreciate you being a part. You stay tuned for part two. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comic, show, or movie discussed? Supporting the South Congress podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show. I ain't saying you should say no, I'm saying take it. You got a mask to your high, open your eyes, see this back and this fly. I think I'm Malcolm Little, I think I'm Du Bois, think I'm Vonnegut. I'm the new Freud, think I am the leader, leader of the people. God damn, I'm a black superhero. I'm a black superhero. I'm a black superhero.